0: This is Rising Up with Sonali and I'm your host Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. When Donald Trump occupied the White House, he fixated on the U.S.-Mexico border and drummed up anti-immigrant hysteria to fund his border wall. Now pieces of that unfinished wall remain standing, cutting off border communities from one another Meanwhile, refugees, whose conditions have barely improved after Trump's election loss, remain in unsafe and inhumane conditions. As for the findings of a new report by the group Lawyers for Civil Rights, based on a border visit in October. My guest is Ivan Espinoza Madrigal, Executive Director of Lawyers for Civil Rights Boston. Welcome to the program, Ivan.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Sonali. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So tell me first about the trip um, that the delegation that visited the border in October, so just barely a month before this report was released. Um, what was your goal?
1: The delegation was really triggered by an intense desire to understand firsthand what's happening at the border. We have all seen in our... Uh, day-to-day lives, uh, starting this summer, uh, all of the harrowing images coming from the border, talking about rounding up black Haitians as if they were cattles in images reminiscent of slavery, and then we saw images of how Haitian immigrants were being placed under a bridge near the border, in squalid conditions. When many of these Haitian families were released, they found their way to Boston, which houses one of the largest Haitian American communities in the country, uh, after Miami and Brooklyn. And so we were directly connected to people who had lived through those experiences at the border. And it was based on that work with the Haitian immigrants, with survivors of violence and mistreatment at the border, that we were deeply moved and compelled to go to the border to observe firsthand what's happening to families.
0: So the report itself found some pretty serious um, conditions at the border. Uh, give me a sense of, you know, the, I mentioned the, there's the unfinished border wall, but then of course there's the refugees themselves, as people who are seeking asylum. One of the main findings of your report, I understand, was simply that um, there's very uh, inadequate protection against the coronavirus.
1: Absolutely. What we saw at the border was worse than we could have ever expected. And many of our observations uh, are confirming what Haitian families were telling us here in Boston about their experiences. We're talking about immigration officials placing immigrants in crowded cells, crowded detention facilities, where there is no room to uh, move or breathe let alone to engage in social distance or other public health recommended practices to avoid COVID-19 infection, illness, and death. We're talking about conditions of confinement, not only about detention centers, but also every other aspect. How immigrants are transported to detention facilities, or how immigrants are transported as part of their deportation, removal, or expulsion from the United States. At every facet of custody, whether it's in confinement or in transportation, we are seeing a major, major absence of everything from COVID-19 testing to placing safeguards around Is the custody and transit of individuals who are at risk of contracting COVID due to the congregate nature of these settings. And even beyond COVID itself, hearing not just stories from people who have arrived in Boston, but seeing ourselves. Groups of immigrants that have just been deported, never tested for COVID and are tested at shelters and soup kitchens in Mexico. And they test positive, seeing people test positive after being in U.S. custody, where they acquired COVID. This is irresponsible of the United States government to treat people in this way.
0: It sounds as as though the U.S. is sort of exporting the disease to Mexico.
1: Absolutely. We are seeing the deportation of COVID. We are seeing the exportation of public health hazards to countries that are even less ready to be able to address the public health crisis than we are. And so the health issues are really the tip of the iceberg. But when you look deeper and see that immigrants are not being offered an opportunity to apply for asylum, not being offered an opportunity to request humanitarian protection, refugee protection, They're being denied basic legal rights. And so this is really a constellation of abuse and mistreatment at every level, from legal barriers to asylum, to just the denial of basic protection so people don't catch COVID. All of this is happening at the border and we had heard about it, but it wasn't until we engaged in this fact-finding mission that we were able to observe this for ourselves. We were able to document it through our latest report and we want to share this information to raise awareness and consciousness of the challenges at the southern
0: border. I understand that one of the issues that you point out in the report, which is such an important issue to identify, is that a lot of these refugees, a lot of these people who are fleeing um, and seeking asylum in the US, are being driven by climate change. Can you expand on that a little?
1: Absolutely. That is one of the key findings of the delegation, as outlined in our latest report, which is available on our website, lawyersforcivilrights.org. One of the key findings is that climate change is driving migration. People are leaving areas where Food doesn't grow anymore. Where crops like corn or beans, which are food staples in Mexico and Central America, where those crops don't grow anymore, where rivers have dried up, where the ocean has receded, or where the ocean levels have risen significantly to wash away villages, all of these impacts of climate are already being felt in the region. They're being found in Mexico, in Central America, along the Caribbean. And we are seeing climate refugees, people who are being displaced from their homes, who can no longer survive on their land, in their country, due to the conditions that have been unleashed through climate change. And the really terrible part of this is that in the United States, we don't have mechanisms for recognizing people as climate refugees. We don't have the legal protections in place, the infrastructure in place to address the needs of climate refugees. That is one of the biggest challenges that we are starting to see. And this challenge is going to just really compound as the impact of climate change becomes more and more apparent, more and more significant over the next decade.
0: Tell me what recommendations you make in your report. I mean, we are under a Democratic administration right now. This is an administration like previous Democratic administrations, claims it's for immigrant rights, claims it's more humane than its rival party. We should have been seeing some changes or some better treatment for refugees, for people uh, entering the U.S. at the border. This year, you know, it's nearly the end of the year. President Biden has had plenty of time, A Border Patrol under this new leadership has had plenty of time to change things, but it doesn't sound as though much has changed since the Trump administration. And it sounds as though the president is using COVID as cover for continuing mistreatment. So what are the recommendations you make to this administration and also why haven't things changed?
1: We are seeing a disturbing continuation of Trump-era policies and practices at the border. We are seeing uh, that the Biden-Harris administration, that immigration officials have simply continued uh, patterns of exclusion, uh, patterns of abuse, that have been perpetrated at the border for the last four years and that simply have not gone away. It does take time for a new administration to find its footing, but we are nearly one year in to the Biden administration and the fact that these reprehensible practices, something as basic as keeping people safe from COVID now that we know exactly what we need to do to keep them safe, We are not even offering that level of well-being and dignity to to immigrants in our custody at the southern border, Uh, the continuation of barriers that make no sense and are completely unconstitutional for people who want to apply for asylum or for some other type of humanitarian protection because they've been tortured or persecuted in their home country. We're talking about these basic and fundamental rights that are still being denied by the Biden virus administration. And so our recommendations are simple, test people for COVID, offer the vaccine in immigration detention facilities, reopen the process to apply for asylum at the southern border. This is not rocket science. These are basic legal protections that need to be put in place to safeguard the well-being of families children individuals who have survived not just torture and persecution but many other forms of violence and unspeakable terror and we also need to look forward to be proactive about the types of protections we are offering so that we can address emerging trends like climate refugees arriving at our border. And so really, we have short-term asks that the federal government needs to implement immediately like COVID testing, vaccination, and asylum applications. And we need uh, longer-term relief that can only come from the federal government, like a clear recognition that climate refugees must be provided a pathway for immigration protection. These are all critical and fundamental things that we have confirmed firsthand at the border to our fact-finding mission uh, this fall.
0: Now, Yvonne, uh, <laughs> Even setting aside immigration reform, if we're talking specifically about refugees seeking asylum, basically asylees rather, people seeking asylum, there already is an internationally recognized legal right for those people to apply for asylum and have their cases adjudicated in the United States that at least earlier this year was not being respected. And I don't know whether it is now. Can you expand on that?
1: absolutely we saw that firsthand Um, i have met with people on the mexican side of the border who have tried multiple times to request asylum at a port of entry people who have been deported, been removed who've been expelled sometimes within a matter of 45 minutes And, and during that time All they kept asking for was an opportunity to apply for asylum because they cannot go back to their country.
0: So just to make their case.
1: And they don't even have that. That is one of the most heartbreaking aspects of uh, the conditions at the border. The fact that we are denying just shutting the door on the face of people who have uh, Merit, who had a real asylum application concerns that need to be addressed, this isn't hypothetical. This is actually transpiring. And so the expulsion of these people where they never have an opportunity to apply for asylum, never have an opportunity to appear before an immigration judge or an asylum officer, this is the reality for many of the people who I met in Mexico after desperate attempts of coming into the country. And all they have to show for it is COVID, because they acquired that mm. in the process wow. of interfacing with American officials.
0: Now, uh, just as you and I are speaking, nine uh, Democratic uh, members of the House are calling on their Senate colleagues to reinsert immigration protections into the Build Back Better Act before the Senate votes on it. Um, and they sent a letter to that effect. Among the signatories was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Jesus Garcia, Lou Correa, and others. And. Um, and you know going back to the just general comprehensive immigration reform or legislation that has just you know for the past decade uh, been this political football in congress it's uh i don't know if you are at all hopeful that this might be a pathway toward it um legislation unfortunately even this year with democrats in control but barely has been pretty difficult to achieve right
1: and that's what is also upsetting about this dynamic that we see such limited progress in D.C. Um, As as you noted, it's not like we have a supermajority, but nevertheless, we still have the mantle of leadership. And it, it almost feels like we have squandered it, like we are losing the opportunity to institute meaningful change Meaningful lawmaking, meaningful policies that will protect uh, not just the people at the border, but everyone in our communities and help the economy among the many other positives that come from immigration reform and dedicated war on immigration issues. Um, we need to solve this crisis. Our immigration system is irreparably broken, and it is just a matter of time until the crisis becomes more and more acute. It is critical for us to avoid the scenes that have really been propagated throughout the last few months. Patients being rounded up, families being placed under border bridges. These are the consequences of a failed and broken immigration system. And our report. Which was just recently released, continues to confirm the harm done on human beings and human lives when we do not have the appropriate protocols and policies in place. We need urgently immigration reform from DC leadership.
0: Yvonne, thank you so much for joining us today. Give out the website for Lawyers for Civil Rights, uh, where people can be you know download the report themselves.
1: The report can be downloaded on the website of Lawyers for Civil Rights. You can visit lawyersforcivilrights.org.
0: Thank you for having me here today. Thank you so much for joining us. My guest has been Ivan Espinosa Madrigal, Executive Director of Lawyers for Civil Rights Boston. I'm Sonali Kohatkar. You can access these and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com, by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RU